You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, by a vote of six to three on June 24th, the Supreme Court formally overturned Roe v. Wade, which was the seminal 1973 precedent, which struck down a swath of federal and state laws restricting abortion and largely legalized the procedure nationwide. So Roe v. Wade is no more. And I want to talk about what that means and uh, just a whole bunch of different things about this. This is a, a pretty big deal in America, uh, certainly as we can see by all the protests happening around the country. You know, interestingly, ladies, for the first 185 years after the Constitution was adopted, each state was permitted to address this issue in accordance with the views of their own citizens. And really, in a nutshell, that's exactly what the Supreme Court reinstated, that the states can address the issue as they see fit for the citizens of their state. It is not a um, law. It is not a uh, situation where abortion is no longer allowed in the country. It is just not and never has been a constitutional right to get an abortion. So that's what the court has affirmed. And it's, it's really, it's pretty simple stuff. So I'm a little bit confused about all of the crazy protesters out there and the, the, the threats and the anger, because nobody's saying you can't get an abortion, but if you want to have legislation in your state, that's going to have to be something that people in each state determine what their state's laws are. Now, I want to talk really quickly uh, b- before I, I turn it over to everybody about the 13 states. There are 13 states that have trigger laws, and those trigger laws will uh, go into effect in varying times. Some went into effect immediately that have different uh laws about having abortions. So some states, and and we'll talk about those states uh, real quickly, the the trigger laws that will take effect immediately will be in three states, Kentucky, Louisiana, and South Dakota. In five other states, their attorney generals will have to certify that Supreme Court decision before they can begin enforcement. Those states are Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota and Oklahoma, and uh, in yet other states, there's there's a, a shorter waiting time for for their laws to go into effect. In Utah, uh, an independent legislative council must do a similar certification as the other five states we talked about. And in Wyoming, the government plays that role. And then the last three states: Idaho, Tennessee, and Texas. Abortion bans will take effect in 30 days. So some of these states have exceptions in their laws for rape or for uh, medical situations. Each state is different, but they can determine their own. So the rest of the 50 states, as opposed to these 13 
So we have 37 states left that are going to have to make a decision of if they allow abortion and at to, to what uh, time in the pregnancy they allow abortion and all of the different things that could possibly go with that. Ladies, uh, let me go to you, Becky. What's your thoughts? Well, I was reading yesterday, recently, that Texas is trying to have the abortion ban immediately. Lieutenant Governor Paxton came out and said, we are going to uh, do this immediately. We are not going to wait. And then Tennessee followed suit and said, yes, we are going to somehow figure out how we can ban this immediately. Well, let me, I, let me interrupt you just for a second there, Becky, because actually in Texas, they already have the heartbeat law. So they virtually uh, ban them after about uh, six, is it six weeks? Anyway, uh, already. So they're, they're, they want to get the total ban in effect is what you're saying? Yes, he wants to do it immediately. He doesn't want it to wait. And that's that's what a lot of Texans are all up in arms about is because now they have no fighting room. He's taking away this, this uh, grace period for which they could work. And now you have companies like um, Dick's Sporting Goods and even Walt Disney, uh, Disneyland and Disney World have all come out and said, we are going to appropriate $4,000 per person for travel expenses to go wherever they need to go to get their abortion. So these states like Florida and Texas are now faced with a situation of it's going to cost them financially for their employees or their partners, which is what they're calling them as employees, to go ahead and get done what they feel like they should have the right to do, irregardless of what the uh, Supreme Court said. And I, in fact, am ecstatic with the state of Texas and with some of these other states that they are actually moving ahead so quickly in getting these laws in place because I, for one, am tired and sad to see the amount of children that are ripped from women's wombs and destroyed. It is, it is in disgusting situation and I don't understand it. it. To me, it's more out of convenience than any other thing. And I am so tired of watching these little ones lose their lives over a despicable law. So for me, as I continue to say, let the healing begin. Um, coming from the, the, um, the platform of being a pastor, being a minister, someone who um, looks more to the soul of humanity and the choices that we make and how it not only affects, but it infects us and others. Um, there are a lot of people that in light of this, um, will begin a healing process within themselves, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Um, this not this decision in the first place didn't just affect the woman, but the child in the womb, but also the men who were a part of um, producing this child. And so 
there's a lot of healing that, that must happen. And the laws for each state, I absolutely love that they are having a conversation. Kind of reminds me of a school where the teachers have more say-so than the parents with regards to the child, but in taking these laws and putting them back in specifically in the different states and it's saying, okay, what are you going to do with your state regarding this? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how many other states travel to particular states to perform this and how they allow that. Will they mandate that? Will there be, um, you know, a gauge on that? It's going to be interesting to see. Um, but for me, as apostle, I'm going to continue to pray for everybody involved. No judgments either way. Um, you know, um, I know that those babies are right there in heaven. Um, but I also know that people make decisions based on who they're serving. Well, the interesting thing about this, there, there are some statistics. And we have... Um, aborted in our country, 63,459,781 babies since Roe v. Wade. If you just think about those lives and those human beings that could have been here, I, it's, it, to me, it's heartbreaking. There's just so many things on this to talk about. When I think about this, and I think about my life uh, in my younger days, there are certainly times when had I become pregnant, it would have been extremely inconvenient. But I never would have been able to abort a child. And I don't understand the mindset that we have in our country, the almost the lack of morality, the lack of religion, the lack of um, anything but believing in our own uh, selfish purposes, there are ways not to get pregnant. I mean, this, is, this is not brain surgery stuff. This is you know pretty common. We have lots of birth control methods. And number one is called abstinence, that if you don't want to get pregnant and you aren't on any type of birth control, then don't do the deed. I mean, it's pretty simple stuff, but there are consequences to things in life. And, and one of the consequences is not murdering another human being. So even though I get that, I hear that Linda, I do. There are, are definitely choices. Uh, my grandmother would say you just put a nickel between your knees and walk, walk in some <laughs> discipline, some self-control. <laughs> there you go. But you know what? But then there are other, other circumstances that happened. Um, you know, a young girl was raped or there's incest where a father has, has taken a child and um, made him hurt his surrogate wife or whatever. And a baby was conceived. Um, so, it's, you know, I, I get that. But I also, me being a, a teenage mother, 13 years old, me being someone who was not, at that time, it was not consensual sex, I had a choice. I had a decision. But 
even at 13, I wanted my child. I wanted my baby. And I didn't want to have an abortion. And I didn't want to have my child taken from me and put up for adoption, which I think is another atrocity in this, in this country with regards to how many children are in the foster care system, um, which makes this, the, the whole country lots of money. Um, but for me, I wanted to have my child. I wanted, and I had to deal with a lot, the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation. Um, I even had the incident of the good, good Baptist church that I had to stand before and ask pardons as a 13 year old pregnant girl who had been taken sexually. I had to ask permission to come back to the church. So when you deal with things like that, for some of those people that made those decisions, they just didn't decide I want to just have an abortion. They didn't want to go through the chagrin and the shame that would come along with them being um, a certain age or a certain socio or a certain whatever and being pregnant. Because you do have people that look and say to certain people, you're pregnant again? You're having another baby? Well, all they do is know how to make babies. And that's where sterilization, I do believe in tubal ligations, come into play. Um, but, you know, there's a lot that is happening with this. And if we could get each one of those individual stories of all those numbers that you just called out, I can guarantee you that everybody wasn't just somewhere just laying down saying, I want to have a baby. Well, it's interesting if you go back to the original Roe versus Wade and why that was even brought about in the court system, a woman lied about being raped and she goes on on TV many years later and admits the fact that she lied and it was because she did not want to carry that baby. She got caught. She did something that would create a, a life and now she was embarrassed. And so she decided the best way to do it was to fight the court system and tell them I was raped so that I could get a legal abortion. Then many, many years later, when she was questioned again, she went back on, she became Christian and she actually regretted and saying, I should have never done that. Yes, I did lie. It was out of convenience. I was ashamed and I wish that the courts had never passed a law where abortion was legal. I should have just had my baby and moved on. And so as a result of evil in our country, in many situations and in our laws, that's how our laws begin by someone who doesn't want to do something because it's not convenient for me right now. It's better for me to do it this way. And so we create this story around it when it's not truth and when it's strictly selfish desire. And I have to applaud you for carrying your child at 13. I cannot even imagine being in that situation. But I also can't imagine ripping a life out of my body because I'm embarrassed or because of whatever. I just can't imagine it. And I applaud you for doing that and for giving your child life and watching him grow and watching him become who he was or who he is right now. It has oh, yeah. to be such a blessing. It is. 
it's it's an amazing blessing. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for both of my sons and, and what they do today um, in working with the government. Um, but, you know, even as you were saying that I'm sitting here and I literally have my eyes closed and I'm thinking about the numbers that Linda read off. And I'm thinking about all of the, the numbers that haven't been numbered of all of the times throughout the United States history where there have been babies ripped out of, of people um, and there have been rapes and there have been backdoor abortions, um, clothes hangers and, and all these different things where people, girls have been found dead. Um, the numbers of covering a sin that happened with regards to then becoming impregnated. Um, and many times throughout history, not just um, for the sake of abortions, have people lied about rape and it has, it has infected and affected lives of people, you know? And it's just, it really is, it goes back to your, your spirit, your heart, your, your soul and your decision-making on what you wanna do. Uh, for me, I didn't do what I did for anybody's applause, thank you, but I did it because for me, it was my baby. It was my child. And no matter what anybody else was saying, at 13 years old, I had the conviction of I knew that my child had purpose and I wanted that child, but I didn't know. I had no idea of all of the name calling and the finger pointing and the whispering and the talking and all of the things that I would have to go through from a community. And some people are not strong enough to go through anything like that, you know, and they make abrupt decisions. That's why they have those other things that those pills that they take the morning after all those things, you know, and so it's going to be interesting to see what happens across the United States. And I always like to say across the world, because we are an example to, to the world with regards to our decision-making and everything that we go to do. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out um, because a lot of our people, people who would future leaders, future presidents, future governors, future doctors, lawyers, pastors, teachers were taken away before they were even given a chance through abortion. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. It's summertime. Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis, she knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off, and I'd like to introduce our host today. And today I'm going to start with myself. I am Linda Martinelli. I am a business owner. I hail from Texas, and I am also the host uh, right here on America Out Loud of Talking While Married on every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you'll join us there. Um, I also would like to introduce uh, Misha Woodruff Cooper. Uh, Amisha is in the um, Royal Priesthood Ministry International. She is a missionary. She is the mother of two sons, which we have talked about, both of whom work and serve in the government, one of which was born when Misha was 13 years old. Um, Misha is a published author, a professional speaker, singer, songwriter, and now works in Williamsburg, Virginia. I was just there. I love Williamsburg, Misha. And I'm saving uh, uh, Becky Stokes until last year because she has a story I want everybody to hear. Um, Becky is somebody that I wish I was sometimes because she has been able to be a homemaker for over 40 years. She has four children and 13 grandchildren, but she's one of those rare moms who got to stay home with her kids the entire uh, time. And, And I just so often wish that I had been able to do that. Becky, you have a story Uh, that's pretty compelling about abortion. I do. And it's about a young woman named Mary. She was 28 years old. She found herself pregnant for the third time. And this happened 72 years ago. Her second child died from a devastating heart disease that is now treatable. But when she found herself pregnant for the third time, she didn't know what to do because she was married to an abusive alcoholic. And she didn't know how she was going to raise this child in a situation when her nine-year-old was already struggling. So she got on a bus and she went to an obscure part of town where no one really knew what was going on over there. She got off the bus, she walked up the steps only to find the building locked with a sign on the door saying permanently closed. She got back on the bus devastated, cried all the way home, screaming at God, arguing with him, not knowing what to do, how she was going to bring another child into the world. She didn't know. She didn't know where she was going to get the help. When she got off the bus, she had made a decision. Instead of getting the abortion, she decided to carry this child seven months to its completion. 
at that point, I was handed to my mother in her arms. She did not end my life as she thought she needed to. She decided she was going to figure this out and I was born. She told me this when I was about 45 years old, we were sitting and having coffee at a restaurant and she told me, and I just kind of looked at her and she said, are you mad at me? And I said, no, mom, I'm ever so grateful that you didn't do that. And I'm, God, I'm glad that God intervened and changed your heart. And I have told this story countless times to pregnancy care centers. Uh, it's been written up. I've told my children, they know this. And people ask me, were you mad at your mom? Did it hurt you? And I said, no, it actually made me grateful. It made me grateful for the fact that I was given life and that it wasn't ripped from me early. And I am 70, almost 72 years old. I have four children. I have had a life of blessing, raising them. And now I have personally 13 grandchildren and they are all blessings and they are all wonderful. And I can't imagine, well, I don't know what life would be. It wouldn't, there would be no life if I was not allowed to live. And my mother told me she never regretted her decision. She knew that it would have been wrong to do that, but she was caught in a hard place and didn't know how she was going to survive. What ended up happening is she divorced my father and then she married someone else. And so we, we lived, we grew, we married, and uh, we prospered. And I am ever so grateful to God for changing her heart and for allowing me to know my mother. Uh, I can't imagine um, what life would be for someone that was put in this place and actually went through it. I've talked to many girls. I've talked to fathers. I've talked to uh, grandparents uh, through counseling situations with pregnancy care centers, helping them to understand that there are options. You do not have to take that life. Um, it was made in the image of God, and he placed that human being there for a reason, and that child has purpose. You know, B Becky, um, what you just said kind of struck a nerve with me because there are options, and and you know, I mean, first, I want to say that I'm really glad your mother made that decision as well, because I've known you as a friend for a few years. And um, I, I don't I don't know many better people than you. Uh, in Texas, the our legislature has gone over and above in putting their words about abortion into action. And they've increased funding by $100 million dollars for the alternatives to abortion program, the program gives mothers access to resources during and after their pregnancy, but by providing items like diapers, formula, parenting classes, uh, they, we have lots of nonprofit crisis pregnancy centers across Texas that assist mothers both during and after their pregnancy. So they, they didn't just say you can't have an abortion. They are actively helping before 
not before, but during and after pregnancy, these mothers, so that that they have some other choices. And I think that's wonderful. I want to make something really clear to people here, though. Although, although the three ladies on this program have our opinion, we understand and we accept that it's not the opinion of everybody else in the country. And you can certainly tell that by all the protests and the, the anger uh, around this issue. I also want to make really clear that by the Supreme Court striking down Roe v. Wade, it did not prevent people from getting abortions in America. That was not even part of the equation, part of the ruling. It simply said it is not a constitutional right. It is not a federal uh, law to be had. It is a state law. So abortions will be available for those who are of a different mindset than the three ladies here. We, we may have our own opinions, but we respect that each state will make their own decisions. So I just want to make that really clear. Um, I also want to bring up something, ladies, that I, is kind of astounding to me. We talked about the abortion statistics. What's interesting is in 1973, the abortions that happened in that first year were 744,000. And I'm not going to give you the, the change in the numbers because that would take too long. By 1990, they were at 1,608,000. And the numbers considerably went up from 1973 to about that time in 1990, they stayed pretty high over a million until 2012. They have continued to drop year after year, though, for about 20 years now. Last, well, the last numbers were in 2019 to 2021. Um, we had about 880,000 abortions. So we have gone down half of the highest number of abortions per year. So I think that that says something that people either are learning more about birth control or they are not interested in uh, aborting their children. And I want to get your comments to that. And then I want to talk about the demographics of abortion in America. I'm interested to hear, um, what you have as far as the demographics of abortion in America. Because one thing that I do know is being a woman, a melanated woman of color, you know, there are statistics that are out there that I question um, because I do know that we are about family. I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to be African, West Indian, Indian, a mixture, um, as my papa would say, a mutt maybe, but we're <laughs> about family. <laughs> and um, some of the statistics I question, I don't, I don't always agree with, but I don't have, I didn't have a calculator. I didn't have a timer somewhere, but um, I can't imagine um, um, what I've heard with regards to some of the statistics. And this is an area that I do disagree. Um, with what, what is it you disagree it being, about there, Misha? Um, well, well, what I've heard is that um, what they were trying to say was that it was more of um, African-American population that had the most abortions. Um, 
And my question comes with that because um, abortions were happening long before uh, African-Americans were even allowed to have abortions. Um, oh, and okay, so, but we're talking about since 1973. So let oh, me okay. tell you what those statistics are. Sure. Um, um, let's see. If we go to non-Hispanic white women and non-Hispanic black women, those two segments accounted for the largest percentages of all abortions. 33.4% for non-Hispanic white women and 38.4% for non-Hispanic black women. Then Hispanic women and non-Hispanic women in other race categories are 21% and uh, for, for Hispanic women and non-Hispanic women in other race categories. So that would be say Asian or other race categories, 7.2%. The, it, it is by percentage, okay, by percentage, black women do have the largest percent of, percentage of abortions. The were those, were, were those, does, it, does it document if those abortions were forced abortions or by choice? And this, where is since, this, this is since where is 1973. On, okay. And where's the statistics on the Caucasian women? I just, I just gave it to you. Non-Hispanic white women, uh, 33.4%. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's actually not a lot different. Um, but, but here, here's where I think that the point is made where you hear that black women have more abortions. It's because there are less black women in America than there are white women. So as a percentage, it, it is higher as a percentage. That's, that's where they get those statistics. Cause you know, you can do almost anything with numbers, but let me also tell you that the majority of women who uh, get abortions are unmarried. Uh, the majority of women who abort are mothers already the uh, almost half of those have had more than one abortion. Most women who abort are educated. Most women who abort are low income. Most women who abort identify as Christians. So those are the kind of the, in a nutshell, because we can go into all the numbers and that would be extremely Mm -hmm. boring. But um, I, I think the point to me is, just that huge number of 63 million people that, that we've lost. But I, I, I want to get your comments on, on those uh, demographics and, and see what you think about what you're hearing. Well, like I said, and you, you already said it, you, we can do anything with numbers. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that the numbers are correct. Um, I, and this is actually going to be a challenge for me to check into that a little bit more because have, having worked as a prison chaplain, um, I know that there were times that women that were in prison, um, you know, for a long, extensive time for whatever they were in there for, were forced to have abortions. Um, and so when, we, when we're talking about these abortions, um, I hear us talking from it as if this is something that the woman decided to do. But there are times that that, that women have not um, themselves wanted to have the abortions. And that was numbered as well. 
Do you understand what I'm saying with that? I do. Um, there, yeah, there have been forced abortions on the Hispanic women, on the women of color, um, on on biracial. There have been forced abortions, and I just don't know if those numbers jive. That's kind of where I am with that. To me, what it all says with whether it's forced abortion, whether it's an unmarried woman who has gotten the abortion, it's all out of convenience because people cannot control themselves because they are put in a position where their passion takes over and they just don't care. And because we've allowed abortions to be so convenient, people become reckless. They don't, they are living an immoral life. I mean, when you talk about unmarried women having abortions. Now I'm going to step on a lot of toes right here, but in my opinion and the way I was raised, that particular intimacy between a man and a woman never occurred until after you were married. And when life was presented because of that loving relationship, it was very well welcomed. Now you have a situation where I can do whatever I want. It's accepted by everyone who's around. Uh, it doesn't matter what I do. It's none of your business anyway. So, so immorality is off the charts. And now you have women that are, uh, many of them are in such a profession where they're climbing the ladder. And I don't, I'm not speaking ill will about anybody that wants to uh, advance their careers. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But it's inconvenient to have a child at this point because it's going to stop me from getting to where I want to go. And so with all of the conversation that I'm hearing and with all of the numbers and with what I'm hearing people saying, it's strictly out of convenience because this isn't what I want to do. This isn't convenient for me right now. This is going to interrupt my lifestyle. Well, I beg to differ on several accounts. And... One of the other things for me is what I will not be found doing is placing judgments on anybody else with regards to if they chose to work, if they chose to stay at home, if they chose and what's convenient, what's not convenient, because I, I'm just doing the best that I can by living my life. Um, so I, you know, and here's the other thing I, I did hear Linda say that uh, many of those abortions were by quote unquote self-professed Christians. Christians, <laughs> uh, Christian is supposed to mean Christ and I, um, and I am like Christ. And um, one of the things that we do not do, according to Matthew 7 and 1, is judge not, lest we be judged. And so for me, I don't know why a lot of people made the decisions that they made. I know that some of them regretted as a pastor, I know that I have talked to young women and I know that I've talked to young men whose girlfriends made decisions to have abortions and it was devastating to all of them. But what I will not do is take any platform and put myself in a position and say, oh yes, I made this great decision for me because I was, I was smarter, I was wiser, I was this. I just know for me, I made the decision to keep my child because in my soul of soul, that's what I was supposed to do. But my heart still goes out to anybody who made the decision, was forced to make the decision, forced to have an abortion, forced to be uh, one of those statistics in any way. And this is where I thank God for being God 
because at the end of the day, he keeps accurate records where we can do anything with numbers and statistics. God keeps accurate records and it's him that we have to stand for with regards to judgment. So I rest there. Well, Misha, I, I don't disagree with you and I don't disagree with Becky. And, you know, I don't, I don't see this as a judgment issue. I see it as, I, I don't, let's, let's take it away from abortion. Let's take it that uh, somebody comes into your house and shoots your child. I, are you going to judge them? Are you going to say that that's wrong? I mean, that, of course, that what I'm, and I know, I know Becky, I know a little bit about her heart and where she comes from, that if this is something that some people feel is very, very wrong, that you're taking a human life and uh, Jesus will be the first one to tell you not to do that. So I, I, I know Becky, I know that she's not going to um, unfriend somebody uh, uh, that, that she cares about and she's, she's not going to judge them, but some people have a very strong feeling. And I know you do too, about this situation. This is this entire abortion issue has strong feelings on all sides. I mean, I I'm incredulous at the people that are running around, uh, you know, burning churches and, uh, pro-life centers and, uh, harming other people over this. I, I, if this is just a crazy, crazy time, but none of that needs to happen because of this. But ruling. it all is going to happen because it's all been prophesied to happen in the first place. And this is the whole thing. You know, I, I sit and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking about me as a 13 year old little girl. And I'm thinking about me now on Tuesday being a 56 year old woman. And I'm thinking about the people on both sides with their fingers pointed. If I had had an abortion, shame on you, you killed a child. But I chose to have the child, shame on you, you're teenage pregnant. You know, we have to be so careful. We've got to be more sensitive and more cognizant of the fact that though it wasn't our life and our choice, these people are going through something. Can you imagine oh, the agony? Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. They are going through something. I want to continue that conversation, Misha. We'll be right back. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. 
So my heart is this. My heart is for those that are going through the agony of making a decision years ago or having that decision of abortion made for them. My heart goes out to you. I want you to know that I love you. There are no judgments from me. I pray for you. I hope, I ask God to bless you. I ask God to bless you in your comings and your goings and your grief in the walk of shame and walking around in shame. I ask that God bless those men that have walked around in the land of regret and wondered what if um, for years. I just, my prayer is that we can truly learn to heal and really take into play and put into play the scriptures that we say we live by. Um, yes, we are not supposed to have sex before marriage, but many have and many did. And all you got to do is sit down with those numbers and calculate up. Um, um, grandmas and grandpas weren't always following what they were telling us to follow. But my heart still goes out for those people. And I just want them to know that I'm praying for them for healing. Let the healing begin. And on that note, I agree with you. Unfortunately, our country has turned away from uh, our God and we have changed our thoughts and ideas of what is right and what is wrong. And our world, our country has embraced whatever you want to do is, in, is right in your own eyes. And so unfortunately, we have an immorality that is rampant. And I find it interesting that if you're pregnant and you are murdered, that person, that suspect that murdered you is charged with two murders, one the baby and one the mother. But then on the other hand, if you're wanting to get an abortion, the abortion clinics are telling you, well, that's not a baby. It's just tissue. It's just a clump of cells. It's not a baby. So how can you have it both ways? You can't. It either is one or the other. And I had a conversation with a gentleman one time about this. And he said, well, it's just a clump of cells. And I said, but it's living. Whatever stage the pregnancy is in, it is living. From the time of six weeks, you have a heartbeat. It is, if it's growing, it is living. If you pull a tomato plant out of the ground that is living and throw it to the side, it no longer lives. That is what you are doing when you are aborting a child. You are taking it from a living situation and a growing situation to a situation where it's no longer living, it's dead. And his comment to me, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of the child being living or growing. I was always taught that it's just a clump of cells, that it, it's not viable. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's viable. It doesn't matter what stage of the growth that that child is in. If there's a heart beating and if that child is progressing in its development, it is living. And when you rip it out of a womb, you have killed it. Ladies, my immediate concern is uh, the state of the country. I know that Congress and the Senate are immediately going to try to do things like um, make some sort of legislation or stack the court because they're angry and they, they have uh, four or five months left before the election and I, who knows what they can get done. But you have some people like Joe Manchin and Susan Collins that are also upset 
uh, about this ruling. So who knows? I mean, we could have opened up a huge can of worms here that that's going to affect us all politically. That's going to affect the court. And I, you know, I'm just, I'm just praying for some peace in this country, but I don't think that we're going to get it for the next few months. Um, the people are very, very angry. And I, in my mind, I think that the people are very angry, um, not understanding what the ruling was, not understanding that this didn't say you can't get an abortion. And I, I think if they understand that, then, then that will make a difference. As far as the companies that you mentioned, Becky, and there are companies, there are more, I mean, Lyft is one of them. You mentioned Disney. Um, there are a number of companies that have said that they will pay for people to go out of state and get abortions. There are companies that have said that they will uh, contribute a certain amount of money to it. I, I just, I truly feel that that's a wrong thing to do, but that's just my opinion. I, I just don't even know why they have to butt into everybody's personal life. The, uh, being pregnant is a very personal decision. It's not a community decision so much. Uh, and I, I just think that the workplace should stay out of it because there is another segment of workers in those companies who strongly don't believe in abortion. And I, I just think that companies and businesses taking sides is a, a wrong way to go. The, my, my last thing that I want to say, um, besides really wanting uh, peace in the country and not all the hatred that we are hearing, the vile, despicable language and acts that people are committing over this issue, is I just feel that if we somehow could move back uh, to our religion, to our Christianity, to our um morals and ethics that I know that I learned in school. Uh, I went to a Catholic school. Certainly that was drilled into us. But more than that, um, things like the Ten Commandments, things like just treating other people respectfully was, was really drilled into me as a child. And I find that missing in, in the country anymore. It, it is all about me now. And it's not just about abortion. It's about everything. And it's interesting that abortion has never been a constitutional right. Uh, bearing arms is a constitutional right. And these same people want to take that right away from you and give you one that does not exist in the constitution. The, the, we're kind of topsy-turvy uh, in the country. I, I certainly don't want to get into the gun issue right now. I have very strong feelings about it. Uh, the gun issue is a behavior issue. And actually, quite honestly, in many cases, the abortion issue is a behavior issue as well. But we should, I think, all look at our own personal responsibilities and take them seriously and be accountable for our actions, no matter what they are, no matter what circumstance. So that's my little soapbox for the day. Becky, how about you? Well, I totally agree with you, Linda. Uh, and I, it makes me angry when these women spew my body, my choice. Um, it is your body. It is your choice. You can choose to protect yourself. You can choose to not have sex, but that body inside of you is not your body. So why would you think you can choose to eliminate it when it's not your body? But what I would like to say in my part here, 
I want to just thank all the women who struggled with having to make a decision. Do I get the abortion? Do I not get the abortion? And decided to keep their baby. I want to thank you for allowing your child to breathe. I know personally what it meant to me when my mother had to make that difficult choice. And I know it hasn't been easy for some of you, but I just want you to know that um, when God created that child within you, he created that child in his image and that child had a purpose and you were, are going to be the one that is going to be able to look at that child and love that child uh, and raise that child and help that child reach its potential and its purpose for what God created that child to be and do. And so I want to thank you for that. And I want to encourage you or anyone else out there that is in this position right now, trying to make this decision and doesn't know what to do and is confused because one side of the world is saying one thing and the other side of the world is saying something else. There is a God above and he takes life very seriously. And if he's put life within your womb, it's because he wants that to come to fruition. And I want to encourage you to walk that road, whether it's however difficult it is. And I also want to say to those that have had abortion, there is forgiveness. And I know it was a difficult decision. And I, I don't judge you for making that decision, but I want you to know that there is help out there if you are struggling because of it. God is a God of second chances, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chances. And in his word, he says, before he ever placed us in our mother's womb, he knew us. He has the purpose and he has the plan. He knows it all. He knows it all. And whatever happens, I just want to encourage those that have had to make decisions that they didn't want to make. I'm talking to those that were forced to make the decisions that they didn't want to make. God forgave you. Forgive yourself. And don't let anybody on this planet have you walk in bondage, slavery to your past mistakes or choices. Because God is a God of second chances and his mercies are new every morning. Walk in peace, walk forward, move forward, and just know that God is with you. What do you ladies see in the country in the upcoming months, Becky? Well, I already know yesterday, well, there's been rioting. There has been... Um, a call by the other side to get out into the streets and make your voice known, uh, yell and scream and protest and let people know that this decision is not a good decision. So I think there's going to be some uprising, especially when each state comes out now and acknowledges, yes, we have to make a decision and this is going to be our decision based on what happens with each state, I think you're going to see an uprising in those, in those states because people are not gonna sit by idly and watch it happen. And it grieves me. Well, what I see is this, I, I'm gonna go even a little bit more beyond 
um, our United of States, and I'm going to go as individual people who have voting privileges and who have who make decisions that run this country. We all better get on our knees somewhere and ask God to come back into play and help us all because we all need it. Whether we're on the left side, the right side, in the middle, we need to really get down on our face and on our knees before him, ask us, ask him to forgive us and ask him to lead the way because we're in a mess. Absolutely. Last, last question. Uh, Misha, do you think that this was a correct decision by the Supreme Court? I haven't done enough research yet, Linda. Um, I need to really read through this more with regards to their decision making. Um, do I believe that abortion was ever right? No. Um, but there are extenuating circumstances, as we've talked about. You've got one state, you know, if it was rape, if it was this, it was that. I need to really get before God with this and pray about it, but I also need to delve into these laws and see exactly what these laws are saying versus what the he said, she said is saying. And well, then the, I'll come the, back with that answer. The court doesn't address that. The, the court only addresses the, addresses the constitutionality of it being a federal law. So exactly. everything, everything so, else goes so, back to the so state. Yes. So with that, yes, I agree. I totally agree. Abortion should never have been allowed in the first place, in my opinion, in my opinion. And again, again, the law doesn't address whether abortion abortion is fine or not fine, only that it is not a constitutional right. Becky, what do you think? That's where we got in trouble. They tried to make it a constitutional decision when it had nothing to do with the constitution. Um, just like with the gun laws, like you said, they're trying to take that away from us when that is a constitutional decision. That is a right that was written into our government. Abortion was never written into our government. And I absolutely agree with the decision that the Supreme Court made. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 